Have you ever heard them say that? That grief is love with nowhere to go? Yeah, I've heard it said before. I know what it means in my head, but I didn't really feel it in my body until Sunday when my sister told me that a, a dear family friend had died and that just tapped into a whole reservoir of grief of all the losses over the years and grieving for people who are still alive is hard because there's no finality to it you're still walking around the earth and so are they but you don't have a connection anymore and that's what happens at the end of all friendships and relationships where there's no death involved but there is a death of that relationship that's what happens when families get divorced families break up people really underestimate the impact that has on the whole family because the family as it was will never exist again in that way those people in that family will still come together but their unity as a family will be changed forever I always think that life is a series of endings and beginnings sometimes mini endings and mini beginnings and sometimes big endings and big beginnings but I think what I'm talking about here is complex grief and how complex grief when it's a family member and everyone is still alive but the family are estranged or separated or not talking in some way that's the kind of grief I'm talking about and it's complex because it rumbles in the background of everything and it's so painful that I think you can check out from it and you can kind of park it and put it in a box because but it doesn't mean that you don't back and forth it in your head and think well we could make it okay but what happens when the relationship can only be made okay when it's one-sided when you're the one that's doing all the apologizing and there's no accountability or apology on the other person's part well there is no relationship then so then you're only related by blood in name and that's complicated isn't it because those people made you you grew up with those people they're a massive part of your life and yet they're not around anymore and yet not to be with them on the one hand is liberating and freeing and enables you to heal on the other hand it's deeply sad that that rupture cannot be repaired or can only be repaired if you are prepared to be the one doing all the emotional heavy lifting in that relationship doing all the emotional um, the emotional stuff because the other person isn't capable and sometimes people can exist in relationships like that they just send each other birthday cards the odd text how are you keep it light and fluffy all very surface stuff but for some of us who feel things deeply I just think that having those shallow connections just pushes on the wound even more because it's a reminder of what you can't have and what you really want 
you know, that longing for what you, what you really want and you can't have, which you live with, which you live with, with complex grief. You're grieving for the family you had, but you're also grieving for the way you should have been treated and the way things should have been. But that's a shitty place to live in, right? Because that's a no man's land. That's not a with them or without them. And as I say, when someone dies, there's a, f- there's a finality to that. There's an end to that chapter. So on Sunday, my sister called me and I learnt that a lady who was a really big part of my upbringing, she was 91, what a life she led, had passed away and I hadn't seen her since... 2008 at one of my sister's weddings and my last memory of her is her spinning around the dance floor with her husband they used to foxtrot and waltz and they were brilliant dancers they loved to (laughs) they loved to play cards or they loved dancing and she loved baking and she was a great seamstress and just all the things came flooding back of all the times that they had looked after us as children And they were a part of our family. And yet, I don't feel like we treated them as if they were part of our family. And I think they were very good to my parents. In fact, I think they became surrogate grandparents to us. And it wasn't until my sister told me that she died that I realised how lucky I was to have them in my life. And... I found myself back at the church again and I lit a candle and I said goodbye and what I wanted to say to her was thank you, thank you for being in my life and nurturing my creativity, thank you for really seeing me, thank you for listening to my poems and my drawings, thanks for teaching me how to bake. Thanks for making me love the seaside. I live by the seaside. And I think that's why I have a strong connection to the sea. And yet the funny thing is, is that when I used to go and visit them as a child, they had such chronic separation anxiety from my mum because I didn't know how to function without my mum because I was very enmeshed with her. But I used to get really bad asthma. And I remember we used to try and change my pillows and think, is it this or is it that or is it the dust? And it wasn't. It was just that I didn't, I, my body believed that it couldn't be away from my mum. And so there was a block there. There was a block there to receiving that love from her and to receiving love from anyone because I was just firmly enmeshed with my mum, which was very smothering and also debilitating I think that's the word like feeling that you can't leave home feeling that you have a sense of responsibility and a sense of duty and obviously all this being unconscious but then her dying opened the floodgates to all that love and realising that I was loved and she did care about us and you know gosh we were always told we were terrible children but honestly Who would have three children for a week while their parents were on holiday if they were terrible children? 
they were so kind-hearted, good, wholesome people. And, yeah, I just have very fond memories of them, but it's almost as if before now I haven't been allowed to see them in that way. It's hard to explain. So, if, if grief is love with nowhere to go, and as I say this, I think, God, how self-indulgent, how selfish, but I think it's what my inner child needs. That love that I now feel, that I now hold in my heart, I need to turn that back and give it to myself because I, I never had it. And then that's another kind of loss, isn't it? It's that loss that you should have had that you didn't have. And that's just so complicated, isn't it? And I don't really know if I've given it a good voice today. I'm trying to explain it in this rambly way as I do. And I'm, I'm off to therapy tomorrow. And I'm sure I'll unpack it with my therapist. But I do sometimes think that really painful wounds or deeply overwhelming childhood trauma is too much to feel at once so we lock it away in a box they're those lost frozen stuck parts of ourselves and sometimes it takes something significant like this to push on that pain again and or get you in touch with that part of yourself and I feel like something's been awakened in me but something that carries a deep sadness but then the flip side of that sadness is joy is is utter joy it's joy excitement creativity love abundance and I definitely, definitely had that from this person who died. And, you know, when I was walking to the church in the ramble, if you've listened to the Take It to Church ramble, on the way to the church, I, met, I, I saw a knitted teddy bear in a tree and I posted it in my Wild Heart Journaling community, if you've, if you've been in there. And it was two days after she passed, but at the time that I saw it, I didn't know that she passed because didn't find out until some time later it's all very complicated when you don't speak to certain family members you know you don't you get you get things through third parties and you know on the grapevine as it were and that teddy bear was her coming in to say goodbye because she taught us how to knit cardigans and scarves for our teddy bears And I just think it was so weird that day how I saw that and then ended up in the church because it was too noisy. And she wasn't religious, but I remember her sister was. And I remember we used to go to her sister's house with her sister's husband. And, um, you know, the smell of church and being in church probably does take me back to childhood. Like when I used to go to brownies, like to church parade and Sunday school and, you know, just takes me back there. So funny how... I think before spirit crosses over that they do come and say goodbye and you get a sense that they're leaving and she had been on my mind she really had been on my mind for a number of weeks and I've spoken about her on the podcast I wrote about her in the book she's Gloria and her husband is Sam in the book that's not their real names but that's what I called them Um, yeah it's funny isn't it how the universe is always talking to us and giving us signs, but we don't always pay attention. <laughs> well, that's my ramble for today. And if you're grieving or you miss someone that you love or you can't be with someone that you love for whatever reason, 
or someone has gone and you don't feel connected to that grief, just know that that's okay, that's where you are, you're not a bad person and sometimes that's, that's how it has to be because it's painful and that when the time is right, you will, you will feel those feelings again. And, you know, if you're struggling, go and talk to someone about that. At least give yourself a fighting chance of expressing and processing and being with that, with those feelings. But as I say, if they come from childhood, you know, if they're, if they're really little you, then you're probably buried under loads of other stuff, as mine was. But it's just like peeling an onion, isn't it? It's all the layers. It's all the layers. And, um, and we just keep going with our peeling. All right, I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.